A System of Other Mothering, Student Affairs Administrators' Perceptions of Relationships with Students at Historically Black Colleges. Joan B. Hurt, Catherine T. Amelink, Belinda B. McFeeters, Terrell L. Strayhorn. This study analyzed data gathered from interviews with professionals at historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs, to examine the nature of relationships student affairs professionals form with students. The data were interpreted through the guardianship conceptual framework found in African-American feminist literature. Students reveal how the notion of other-mothering permeates relationships at HBCUs and the considerable importance attached to those formed between students and student affairs administrators. Relationships serve as a primary means to facilitate student retention at HBCUs and ensure the continued existence of a unique type of institution. Relationships that students form with one another on college campuses, as well as those formed with college personnel, create an inclusive climate that encourages student success and facilitates retention. At predominantly white institutions, PWIs, relationships between students of color and personnel encourage retention. Less is known about the nature of relationships between students and personnel on college campuses that enroll large numbers of minority students, such as historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs. Our study explored relationships administrators form with students on HBCU campuses. Background. Creating an inclusive climate that retains and enables minority students to thrive on college campuses is a highly sought-after goal among higher education institutions. Minority students, many of whom are the first in their family to attend a college or university, typically have poor academic performance and higher attrition rates than other students. It is important, then, to examine what types of relationships promote success among such students. Some research has examined minority students at PWIs. Most of these have described the climate the students of color face or the cultural barriers that minority students encounter on PWI campuses. A more limited body of work looks at relationships for minority students. Academically successful African-American students attending PWIs have described the interactions that they had with faculty members that facilitated inclusion and encouraged their persistence. These relationships are caring in the sense that the students feel faculty listen to them regarding personal and professional aspirations and provide personal advice and feedback. Faculty members make students feel as though they have advocates on campus who set high expectations for their academic performance. Many students of color, however, enroll at HBCUs. Indeed, these campuses are recognized for the degree completion rates of their African-American students. While HBCUs represent only about 3% of all post-secondary institutions, they educated over 17% of black undergraduate students in 1996 and conferred 28% of all bachelor's degrees earned by African-Americans during that same year. Other statistics show that a higher percentage of African-American students entering college in 1989 who attended HBCUs, 43.2%, persisted to the next academic level on time compared with their African-American counterparts attending PWIs, 33.7%. Other statistics reveal that several HBCUs such as Spelman College, Morehouse College, and Fisk University have graduation rates that are well above the national average of 42%. Spelman's black student graduation rate is 77%, while at Morehouse and Fisk, 64% of all entering black students go on to graduate within six years. What accounts for these differences? To some extent, they may be explained by the role the faculty members play. HBCUs often highlight their ability to create inclusive climates through meaningful and lasting relationships between students and faculty that enhance student success and retention. Students who attend HBCUs report that they form close personal relationships with faculty whom they identify as having had similar experiences when they were in college. Faculty members at HBCUs personally engage students, foster institutional pride, and at the same time, teach behaviors and skills required for success. 
The amount of individual attention students receive from faculty provides support and encouragement leading to positive gains in student development. Relationships with faculty make students feel supported, as though they are enrolled in a college where the environment is designed to facilitate rather than impede their success, contributing to student persistence. Social support networks formed with peers also serve to create an institutional climate at HBCUs that fosters student persistence. Peer support allows students to become more connected to the institution through greater participation in student activities. Connections with other students allow for a smoother transition and adjustment to the college environment. The relationships forged as a result of social and academic interactions with peers are believed to increase academic achievement and graduation rates among HBCU students. Ultimately, the inclusive climate created through peer interaction leads to greater satisfaction with the collegiate experience and serves to promote student success and development. While there is ample evidence of the relationships students on HBCU campuses develop with faculty and with peers, little is known about relationships administrators build with students on these campuses. This oversight is surprising in light of the importance that relationships play in terms of positive educational outcomes for African American students. Our study sought to address this gap in the existing body of knowledge. Specifically, the purpose was to explore the nature of relationships that student affairs administrators form with students on HBCU campuses. The current study contributed to the line of inquiry that examines administrative life for student affairs professionals as well as to the body of knowledge about professional life at HBCUs. The research question that guided this study was, how do administrators on HBCU campuses describe their relationships with students? Method. Data on the nature of relationships between administrators and students at HBCUs were collected through written exercises, individual interviews, and focus groups. Important constructs surrounding the nature of relationships administrators form with students emerged from the administrator's perspectives. Participants. Purposeful sampling was used to recruit HBCU administrators from around the country who worked directly with students. This was deemed an appropriate sampling strategy given our purpose of understanding the relationships formed with students by administrators who work at historically black institutions. We wanted information-rich participants who had experience with students in such settings. We started by identifying student affairs professionals from the web pages of HBCU institutions and from directories of professional associations or student affairs administrators. Potential respondents were contacted via email and asked if they wished to participate in the study. Those who agreed to complete the exercises associated with the study, described below, and to participate in either a focus group or individual interview were selected for the study. Most participants worked in functional areas traditionally associated with student affairs administration, such as residence life, student activities. Others, however, worked in capacities that fall outside of traditional student affairs arenas, such as admissions, academic advising, but are included on the list of 33 functional areas provided by the Council for the Advancement of Standards, CAS, in higher education. In all cases, informants provided services to students. Respondents represented different levels of responsibility and years of experience. A total of 70 HBCU administrators from 25 HBCUs took part in the study. 89% of respondents were African American. The majority, 67%, were female. Professionals who participated in this study occupied a variety of positions within their institutions. 27% identified themselves as general student affairs administrators, 24% worked in residential life, and 10% listed career services as their primary job responsibility. Age and educational background of participants covered a wide range. The majority, 63% of participants, were graduates of HBCUs. 44% had graduated from the HBCU at which they worked. Other characteristics of the respondents are presented in Table 1. Data Collection The data collection process was conducted in two stages that used written exercises and oral discussion. Written Exercises 
Two exercises were designed by one of the researchers and had been used in seven previous studies about the nature of relationships between administrators and students. In the first exercise, we collected demographic data about respondents using a questionnaire that participants completed to report their age, sex, number of years of experience, and the like. The second exercise was designed to elicit data about the nature of relationships. Participants listed words or phrases that characterized the nature of their relationships with students on campus. The exercise was open-ended in that participants were encouraged to list the phrases or words that they felt best described their relationships with students. Respondents also were asked to indicate the amount of time they spent working with students. Oral discussion. In the second stage, oral discussion allowed for extensive elaboration on the written exercise that participants completed about relationships with students on their campuses. Using narrative inquiry techniques, participants were asked to explain why they answered items the way they did. Context for answers was provided through personal stories and reflections shared by participants so that rich, thick descriptions were captured that answered the research question. Oral discussion took one of two forms. We had an opportunity to talk with 24 respondents in two focus groups, one conducted at National Conference of HBCU Administrators in equals 16, and the other conducted with administrators at one participating HBCU in equals 9. Each focus group lasted 90 minutes. Data from the remaining 46 informants were collected in individual interviews. Each participant was interviewed once by one of the members of the research team. Interviews lasted between 45 and 90 minutes. Some individual interviews were conducted in person, while others were done over the telephone. In both focus groups and interviews, we asked participants to review their responses to the exercises and then to elaborate on their responses by describing their relationships with students and telling stories to illustrate the meaningfulness of those relationships. This also served as a means to increase the reliability and validity of the findings as researchers engaged in member checks during the discussion. All interviews and focus groups were audiotaped and transcribed following the discussions to enable richer analysis of the data. Data Analysis we analyzed our qualitative data using the constant comparative method. Responses were examined following each interview to allow development of more appropriate questions in the next interview. As data were collected, the culturally relevant theory of other-mothering, or guardianship, emerged as a framework through which to understand these interactions and to further explore the typical behaviors associated with relationships on HBCU campuses. The concept of other-mothering, found in African-American feminist literature, has been used in previous studies to illuminate the nurturing and cross-familial patterns of care found in the African-American culture. Other-mothering stems from the tradition of matrilineal caregiving associated with African-American communities. Based on historic necessity, African-American mothers often had to depend on other women in the community to take care of their children. Women in the African-American community responded by caring for others' children as if they were their own for short or long-term periods of time. Slavery served as the primary reason that other mothering relationships developed. The slave industry profoundly influenced family structures as parents and children were often separated when one or the other was sold or traded. Formal arrangements for care of children were established among families. The concept of other mothering, a dominant force within African-American communities, eventually found its way into other social institutions. One primary institution impacted by the concept of other-mothering was schools. As education for African Americans was formalized in the postbellum era, the need for teachers arose, and African American women met this need. They brought the notion of other-mothering with them to the classroom. While the concept of other-mothering originally focused predominantly on women's relationships with children in the African American community, over time women's actions served to impact the culture of educational institutions as a whole and the manner in which both males and females form relationships with students. Other-mothering is grounded around three components. A significant component when applied to educational institutions is the manner in which the underlying ethic of care is transmitted. 
The ethic of care is defined as an attentive and emotional response to the other that is an ongoing part of one's own engagement with students. This ethic of care forms a pervasive social conscience within African-American communities, extending the concept of family and nurturing to interactions within educational institutions. Cultural advancement is another component of the other-mothering framework. The intentional ethic of care is driven by a belief in the morality of shared responsibility and is illustrated through individual actions that demonstrate a commitment to improving the lives of African-American children and the race as a whole. Cultural advancement is carried out as individuals receive advice, mentoring, and in some instances parenting from more experienced representatives of the African-American community. Demonstrating a vested interest in individuals outside of an immediate family unit encourages development, but also allows transmission of the African-American culture to occur. The third component associated with the other-mothering framework has to do with institutional guardianship. Educational institutions are significant in that they serve as a primary venue where other-mothering takes place. Schools are important social institutions for African-Americans and are repositories of cultural and intellectual capital. As such, there is a pervasive belief that black collegiate institutions should be protected and preserved at all costs. Upon careful consideration of the data we collected in oral discussions with respondents, it became clear that other mothering resonated with our findings and provided an interpretive frame for our study. Following the data collection phase, data were reduced to individual units. We coded units by categorizing the data around the central concepts found in the other mothering framework. Trustworthiness was achieved using a variety of strategies. First, researchers recorded field notes during the data collection process to log personal reflections, thoughts, and to chronicle decisions made about the research process. Second, the interview protocol and research instrument were subjected to expert review and pilot testing prior to the use in the current study. Finally, trustworthiness was enhanced through peer debriefing. Lincoln and Guba defined peer debriefing as, quote, a process of exposing oneself to a disinterested peer in a manner paralleling an analytic session and for the purpose of exploring aspects of the inquiry that might otherwise remain only implicit within the inquirer's mind, end quote. These strategies provided insight into the goodness or validity of the qualitative research process. The research team employed a number of techniques to enhance accuracy of the data, First, all interview and focus groups were audio taped and professionally transcribed. Second, member checking was used to assess overall adequacy of transcripts and individual data points. At the conclusion of all oral discussions, the researchers recapped the major points made during the interviews with participants to ensure thoughts had been captured accurately. Third, researchers maintained original copies of audio tapes, hard copy transcripts, and electronic files throughout the process of data analysis. One final point merits attention in this area the composition of the research team. There are four members of the team, two African-Americans, one female and one male, and two Caucasians, both female. Our race and gender no doubt influenced the perspectives we brought to the study. We attempted to address any embedded biases by discussing from the outset the role of race and gender in the study and the ways that our backgrounds might influence the design or execution of the study, as well as the data analysis. Collectively, these efforts ensured the trustworthiness and accuracy of the data. Results. Our findings revealed that administrators believe relationships nurture HBCU students and are family-like in nature. These relationships are distinctly shaped by the ethic of care. Second, student-focused relationships at HBCUs are designed to facilitate a shared moral responsibility to encourage cultural advancement, a key component of the guardianship framework. By instilling a sense of cultural connectedness through nurturing relationships with students, administrators are intentionally creating an inclusive climate that is designed to promote success among African Americans. The third theme to emerge from the data illustrates how relationships formed with students serve to sustain the role of HBCUs in the higher education landscape. 
That is, relationships are a form of institutional guardianship. Administrators form relationships with students in order to retain students so that an educational institution with an explicit mission to advance the African-American community is sustained. Ethic of Care Student affairs administrators at HBCUs are concerned with student welfare and form close, personal relationships with students that are designed to facilitate academic and social integration. While student affairs administrators at other types of campuses, like liberal arts institutions and community colleges, report that they form close personal relationships with students, professionals at HBCUs seem to go beyond that and view students as family. Viewing students as family requires responses from professionals that allow them to accomplish their duties but also demonstrate an emotional commitment to students. Our findings expand on those of Kafrida. His work revealed that the faculty who most matter to African-American students at PWIs are those who go above and beyond. From our respondents, however, going the extra mile for students is the norm, not the exception. Student affairs administrators at HBCUs are expected to form personal relationships with students to create an inclusive climate that encourages a sense of belonging. Forming individual relationships with individual students in order to fully integrate them into the college experience is seen as the primary role of HBCU student affairs administrators. Several respondents echoed the sentiments expressed by one participant. Quote, I like interacting with them, students, and learning about them and seeing the positive changes that take place as a result of me fulfilling my role. End quote. By carrying out their primary job function in developing meaningful relationships, administrators nurture students. They believe their nurturing relationships create a support network for students. Participants highlighted social and personal characteristics of students that require a deeper level of understanding and more caring approach by administrators. Their responses illustrate an ethic of care. Quote, Our kids, their needs are very simple. They don't come with a lot of attitude because a lot of them come from single-parent homes, and they're the first generation coming to college. They feel blessed being here, and I am so blessed. I'm happy to be here, because I went to a majority school, so I know the other side. And you know, my mom was single, a single-family household, single-parent household. It's important to me that I'm dealing with children or students that are from backgrounds such as mine, you know, similar to mine, end quote. Fully integrating students into the college experience and creating a family atmosphere on campus often requires administrators to move beyond traditional professional boundaries. Concerns about students' welfare lead to an emotional commitment. Quote, what we do is not a job. We say it's a profession, but really it's more of a mission because we work with our hearts and our souls and not just with our hands or what we've learned in the classroom. We give the part of us that most people don't see. We work from the inside out rather than from the outside in. End quote. Indeed, the fundamental notion of other mothering a commitment to raising African-American children regardless of the fact that there may be no blood relationship to those children is evident on HPCU campuses. Their deep emotional commitment to students often means student affairs administrators take on the role of a parent or mentor. Serving in such a capacity requires professionals to become genuinely and deeply involved in choices students are making. Quote, I'm the office manager of a residence hall. Only freshman males stay in this residence hall. I like the one-on-one -on -one interaction the best because I, me and my office assistant, are the only females here in the building. I'm like the female voice. I'm like a big sister to most of them. They used to say it was a mother, but I'm too young to be anybody's mother. I'm a big sister, and that part is fun. The reason I couldn't do the interview in my office is because I have like five dudes just sitting around chatting and talking about different things. We have debates about stuff, men versus women and black society, and how men perceive women and African Americans, end quote. Student affairs professionals at HBCU see themselves as surrogate family for many students, clear evidence of how the ethic of care influences relationships with students. Quote, I have students who call me their college mom. I look out for them. 
If I think that they're getting a raw deal, I will go to the administration and say, hey, let's look at this. Let's take a different approach. End quote. Not all respondents saw familiar relationships with students as positive. However, most saw it as necessary for continued student success. Quote, I have a tendency to put up the stop sign, but I can see some of my coworkers. They develop really close relationships with the students, more so than I see at other schools, where they come to the administrators, home, and they're doing family things with them. There are certain students that always attach to you anyway, and it just seems sometimes that it's a little overboard with that, end quote. Close relationships between students and professionals at HBCUs sometimes have a negative side to them. Just as the surrogate families professionals provide for students serve as a source of support, they also serve as a source of consternation. Quote, so one of the negative things, some of the students, I think, see me as a parent, and when I try to relate as an administrator, they see their parent. And seeing their parent, or maybe even grandparent in me, sometimes it's not always positive. End quote. Student affairs professionals at HBCUs believe that forming guardian-like relationships with students is a primary function of their job. By serving as a surrogate parent or family member for students, administrators personify the ethic of care and hope to provide a nurturing environment that facilitates retention. Social integration is facilitated by the family-like atmosphere that is created on campus that, in turn, may lead to academic integration or involvement in the academic life of campus, such as classroom learning, academic achievement, and so on. Cultural advancement. A second construct of the other mothering framework addresses cultural advancement. Professionals in our study emphasized how their relationships with students are the primary means through which they carry out their shared moral commitment to cultural advancement. Relationships are intentionally formed with individual students in order to move them successfully through the college experience. The notion of cultural advancement is inherently linked to academic success among HBCU students, and a distinct element of racial uplift is present in professionals' descriptions of relationships they form with students. Because relationships with students are designed to promote degree attainment, professionals use those relationships to fulfill a morally driven need to give back to the black community. Student affairs administrators at HBCUs directly attribute academic success to their individual relationships with students. They believe that encouraging students to perform to their fullest potential leads to cultural advancement. Participants explain that students who enroll at HBCUs need meaningful relationships with administrators on campus because many are the first in their family to attend college, and they are disadvantaged by a lack of confidence in their ability to succeed. Quote, We're more likely to provide the environment, the kind of support, the kind of encouragement that I think our students need, given what it's like in their communities. I don't care whether you're in New York or Louisiana. It is difficult for minorities. They're always fighting at that. I think that if we can provide that opportunity first, and then that support, and that environment, we can help students to develop, to get to a point where they can position themselves to do whatever they want. I really think that's what HBCUs do. End quote. Promoting development among students is one way to promote cultural advancement for African Americans in general. One participant explained, quote, This is good to be able to feel proud about black history and black culture, and maybe emphasizing the daily learning, and it gives you great respect for your own heritage. End quote. Administrators' dealings with students are driven by a sense of cultural reproduction. For many participants, the racial uplift that occurs as a result of relationships they have with students is an integral part of their work. Respondents describe the ability to, quote, give back and to be a part of molding and shaping another young person's life, especially young African Americans, end quote, as their greatest joy. Other participants explained, Quote, placing African-American students at the center of the experience, moving African-American students from the object to the subject, it's profound. It's incredibly profound. It's exactly why I came here, and it's an extraordinary thing to be able to do, End quote. Relationships allow professionals to instill cultural pride among students. 
one at a time. Respondents explained how their individual interactions are driven by the need to promote cultural advancement among African Americans and other minority groups. Quote, being an African American person working at an HBCU, there's a commonality that I think I share with the students, and I feel like I'm able to use that commonality to help expose them to different opportunities that they might not have had a chance to get to expose to before. End quote. Beyond advancing cultural interests on an individual basis, relationships with students reflect the need professionals have to give back to the African American community overall and repay a social debt by creating relationships that are designed to retain students and promote degree attainment. Student affairs professionals at HBCUs are working towards accomplishing that goal. HBCU administrators who participated in the study cited individuals in their own undergraduate careers who encouraged their development and post-secondary degree attainment. They explained how relationships formed with college personnel when they were students had a decidedly positive impact on their own college experience and how this influences the importance they now place on forming relationships that facilitate student retention. Quote, that's why I, like many other people, got involved in the first place. I was looking forward to the opportunity of working with students to kind of repay the debt that I owe the people who worked with me when I was a student. It helped me and my peers to develop, get some appreciation for ourselves and life and all the rest of it. I guess I like the challenge of seeing where they are when they come through the door sometimes and trying to take them to the next place. They're not really that much different in some respects than when I was a student. I remember my dean of students very well and the conversations that he had with me, end quote. While relationships allow student affairs administrators to repay a social debt, they also serve to instruct students in the moral obligation they will, in turn, need to fulfill. Quote, the thing that we all do is to repay a debt. I tell students, if you think that I or someone else has done something on your behalf, take the responsibility to do something on behalf of another person coming up behind you. End quote. Our findings suggest a high degree of social replication. Administrators attribute their own educational achievement to relationships they formed with professionals during their own college experience. In turn, administrators view the relationships they form with students as critical for both continued student retention and for the cultural advancement of African Americans in general. Institutional Guardianship Cultural preservation and advancement took two forms in our study. As described above, the guardianship professionals assume for students promotes retention and thus cultural advancement on an individual basis. Beyond that, however, our informants saw themselves as guardians of the HBCU system, as a genre in the higher education enterprise. They recognized the important role HBCUs play as educational institutions that are directly associated with producing graduates who represent the African American community. In this regard, respondents seek to preserve the unique niche HBCUs hold in the higher education landscape through relationships with students. Administrators believe HBCUs are able to maintain enrollments because students seek access to a post-secondary education that is coupled with highly personalized relationships found on their campuses. The perception surrounding the influence personal relationships exert on enrollments is driven by the belief that HBCUs provide a place where students receive the support they need to be successful. Quote, we, HBCUs, are still the beacon of hope for students. We are still that land of opportunity. Students enroll because they feel they're going to love me enough on that campus to enable me to make it, end quote. The very authentic, very genuine relationships that are formed with students and the student success attributed to those relationships are seen as ways to maintain a distinct position within the higher education hierarchy. Comments from one participant explain how some students seek out HBCUs because they perceive such institutions will provide additional support and a more caring environment that will facilitate retention. Quote, this is a family-oriented campus. Like most small private black schools are, you have to know that the caliber of students you're going to get, they might need a little extra. So that's why they come to a college where they can get that personal attention. 
end quote. Enrollments, and thus the vitality of HBCUs, are perceived to be sustained through nurturing relationships that continue to attract and retain students. Relationships on HBCU campuses create strong bonds and institutional affiliations that last long after students have graduated. Student affairs administrators on HBCU campuses use relationships with former students to solicit future students, and they use alumni to help retain current students. Maintaining enrollments through personal contact is important as many HBCUs are challenged by limited resources and relationships are one cost-effective mechanism through which to ensure the continuity of black collegiate settings. Quote, that's one of the things we've been talking a lot about in terms of our universities are always having to do more with less. We at least have students that, if not write a check, they'll at least send a student. And many of our folks just haven't understood and appreciated the stewardship responsibility of financially giving back. Okay, fine. But if you at least say to your sons and daughters that, I want you to consider my alma mater, even if you don't chose it, but send somebody from the church back to your alma mater, end quote. Institutional vitality is also maintained as relationships serve to encourage alumni to return to their institutions as full-time employees. In this way, HBCUs are ensured that they have new professionals who have already been indoctrinated with the understanding of how important relationships with students are for retention. Quote, I had the golden opportunity to come back to, name of HBCU, which is my alma mater, to work. And I guess the most gratifying thing is that it gives me an opportunity to say thank you to not only the HBCU that I had an opportunity to come back and work for, but that to have that experience. I know that's going to be something that will carry me on and be rewarding to me for the rest of my life. End quote. Relationships with students serve to sustain resource-challenged HBCUs as relationships attract, retain, and create a social network. The ties that bind administrators to students allow administrators to serve as institutional guardians, preserving the student-focused mission of HBCUs. In summary, the nurturing relationships student affairs professionals form with students at HBCUs illustrate how the collective social conscience related to other mothering is transmitted on campus and how it contributes to the sense of family. Through an ethic of care, professionals promote a sense of family on campus and students are intentionally integrated into the college experience. A social support network for students is created as administrators serve as personal advocates, taking on the role of parent or family member. By facilitating student success through relationships that invest in individual students, professionals at HBCUs are able to accomplish what they see as their moral and professional responsibility, retaining students so that they are able to achieve their full potential. The notion of the ethic of care based in the other-mothering framework permeates the atmosphere at HBCUs. At the same time, relationships with students allow professionals to repay the debt they believe is owed to those individuals who provided them support during their own college career. Racial uplift and cultural advancement are equally important to student affairs administrators at HBCUs. They repay their debt to their race by ensuring students stay enrolled and attain a degree. Relationships with students are fulfilling for professionals on HBCU campuses, providing a vehicle that allows them to give back to the black community. Administrators recognize that relationships formed with students render HBCUs a unique educational setting. Student retention as a result of the personal relationships formed on campuses serves to enhance and enrich the campus community as well as the African American culture in general. This leads administrators to view themselves as guardians of not only HBCU students, but also of HBCUs as a distinct institutional type in the American higher education schema. Implications, Discussion, and Conclusion when viewed through the conceptual framework of other mothering, the findings of this study have implications for practice and research. Relationships stem from a genuine culturally and morally based desire to retain students so that they may perform to their fullest potential. This conclusion raises inferences for a number of constituencies. 
While othermothering is a largely feminized concept, both male and female participants in the study describe their engagement in othermothering equally. Aspiring professionals may wish to consider the findings from this study as choosing to work at an HBCU requires a personal commitment to individual students on the part of the professional. Developing and sustaining relationships with others on campus are time-intensive processes. Professionals at HBCUs must enjoy working in a close-knit environment and must be able to genuinely engage in the other mothering of students, which includes mentoring students and treating them as though they are family. Aspiring professionals must realize that their successes will be determined by the degree to which they can effectively create relationships designed to promote student retention. Our findings also suggest that relationships that are designed to promote cultural retention among students at HBCUs are in many ways culturally based and cannot be artificially created. A sense of moral and social responsibility is almost inherent in the attributes administrators bring to their position. These attributes are sought out and embraced by HBCUs. Those who aspire to work at such institutions would be well served to assess whether they possess such a sense of social justice particularly one that is closely linked to cultural advancement and institutional guardianship. Likewise, graduate programs that prepare future administrators may wish to use the findings to assess their curricular offerings. Results reveal that those who aspire to work at HBCUs need to be able to establish and sustain personal, nurturing relationships with a variety of students. Courses in counseling and interpersonal communication techniques would seem warranted for those who hope to attain the skills they will need to succeed in the HBCU environment. In addition to serving as guardians of students, professionals on HBCU campuses serve as guardians of the HBCU system. Graduate preparation programs might ensure that those who aspire to work at HBCUs are well-versed in the history and evolution of this institutional type, recognizing the cultural context in which HBCUs emerged, understanding the unique niche they fill in the higher education landscape, and appreciating the challenges these campuses face would better prepare practitioners for careers in black collegiate settings. Findings from our study illustrate the degree to which relationships are used to facilitate retention and the importance associated with those relationships for institutional viability. Those who lead student affairs professionals at HBCUs also might take note of the findings. Their staff members work exceptionally closely with students to prevent attrition. This consumes time and energy. Leaders may wish to reward those who are most successful in such endeavors. Likewise, professional development opportunities that address interpersonal relations might help staff members understand the complexities of their relationships with students and may facilitate more effective student mentoring. Senior Student Affairs Officers, SSAOs, at HBCUs might also assess their staff recruitment and selection procedures. The data reported by our informants suggests that oftentimes SSAOs hire their own alumni to staff key positions on their campuses. Recall that nearly two-thirds, 64%, of respondents had graduated from an HBCU and 44% had graduated from the HBCU at which they worked. This might suggest that SSAOs believe only those who have experienced the HBCU culture as students in the past can reproduce the culture and the types of relationships that promote retention among current and future generations of students. Yet there may be others who understand and appreciate the uniqueness of the HBCU campus and how relationships are designed to contribute to student retention. To assess candidates' ability to connect with students, SSAOs might design interview settings that require applicants to interact with students and evaluate the degree to which candidates adopt the role of guardian. They might also query applicants about the role of HBCUs in African American culture, the role of African American culture in contemporary American society, and what the future holds for the race. Responses to such questions should enable SSAOs to evaluate the degree to which applicants are committed to racial uplift and cultural advancement at both the individual and institutional level. 
Student affairs professionals at majority-serving institutions may wish to use the findings from this study to examine the nature of relationships they form with underrepresented students on their campuses. Professionals may be able to strengthen their relationships with students if they nurture families and students feel as though they are treated as family. This strategy has worked for faculty members at PWIs, and it may work equally as successfully for administrators. This study also has implications for future research. Our findings illustrate the degree to which HBCU student affairs professionals are engaged with students in order to promote student retention. We have confirmed that mentoring and parenting takes place on the HBCU campus. What remains to be explored is whether campuses where other mothering is pervasive serve to promote student success. Data from students on HBCU campuses are needed to explicate the effects of their close-knit relationships with administrators. More detailed information would enable institutional officials to capture the best features of the HBCU campus to further institutional effectiveness and educational outcomes. This study focused on student affairs administrators on HBCU campuses. Other studies might examine the relationships between administrators and minority students who were enrolled at PWIs. Research has shown the importance attached to genuine and nurturing relationships formed by faculty with minority students at PWIs. Students of color attributed their success, to some degree, to their relationships with faculty who were genuinely interested in their success and went above and beyond conventional advising. Exploring the role that student affairs administrators play for African-American students at PWIs would seem like the next step in this line of research. Another study might examine issues of gender and other mothering. The label seems to suggest that other mothering is a female activity. While we noted in our study that both men and women adopted the frame in their dealings with students, more research is needed on the degree to which members of both sexes embrace the framework and the nuances with which the two sexes enact other mothering. Furthermore, while we explored how a system of other mothering creates relationships at HBCU institutions that are designed to promote retention, investigations into other elements of professional life are needed. For example, it would be interesting to see how student affairs practitioners at HBCUs perceive their work and their work environment from a culturally-based framework. Additional insight in terms of how work gets done or the way the work environment affects the professional life of administrators would expand on what is known about this understudied segment of the student affairs profession. The findings of our study are compelling, but there were limitations to the research. One relates to the data collection process. Participants wrote their responses to the exercise independently, but the discussion after the exercise asked them to share those responses with a member of the research team. The team consisted of an African-American male, an African-American female, and two Caucasian females, all associated with a predominantly white research institution. It is possible that participants were less than candid in their responses when sharing with us. Given how devoted they are to preserving HBCUs, they may have hesitated to talk about issues that they felt might reflect badly on their institutions. Likewise, there may have been cross-race or cross-sex issues that constrained the dialogue. Any of these eventualities would have influenced the findings. Additionally, the majority of respondents, 67%, were female. While both males and females adopted notions of other mothering when speaking with us, it is possible that the overrepresentation of women in the sample played a role in the interpretation of the findings. Finally, even though respondents worked at an array of HBCUs across the country, they may not have reflected the perceptions of professionals at all HBCUs. The results need to be interpreted accordingly. Within the context of the HBCU campus, however, relationships that student affairs administrators form with students are synonymous with the notion of guardianship or other mothering. The culturally grounded ethic of care and associated moral responsibility that drives relationships on HBCU campuses serves as the primary vehicle through which professionals derive meaning from their work. Student success allows professionals to give back to the community Ultimately, professionals at HBCUs view themselves as guardians of their students, and the family-like relationships on campus promote individual success. This notion of guardianship is more far-reaching, however. 
HBCU Student Affairs Administrators see themselves as guardians of HBCUs as an institutional type. They seek to preserve the niche that their campuses fulfill, not simply for the sake of the African-American students they serve, but for the African-American race overall.